Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Thank you for joining the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today, we have a very special guest, Lance Paul Fisher. He is the Director of Global Supply Chain Solutions for Royal 4 Systems. Now, Royal 4 is dedicated to improving the total condition of the supply chain worldwide. As the leader for Global Supply Chain Software Solutions, they are dedicated and have the experience in multiple verticals, enabling significant cost-saving outcomes. Now, they do warehouse management, they improve inventory accuracy, they qualify to fulfill specific customer needs. Now, today, Lance and I talk a little bit about food waste, technology, real-time transit, that's right, real-time supply chain management technology, and logistics solutions for multinational operations as well as leadership through this COVID-19 battle. So let's get Lance on the phone and talk more about him and his supply chain solutions. Hey Lance, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Oh, of course, of course. So um, I do wanna let the audience know, we met on LinkedIn through another colleague of ours, through a discussion post that I made. And I always say that's the cool thing about LinkedIn, right? And social media, social networking, is that you're able to connect with people that you would have never met across the, across the nation, right? Yeah, no, I, I live and breathe in, in LinkedIn every day. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible resource for sure. Yeah, I love it. So we were pretty passionate about a couple of things uh, within produce and supply chain. A lot of the posts that I you know, do on LinkedIn all relate to leadership, produce, supply chain. And we brought you in because we wanted to learn more from you about real-time supply chain management, um, some of the technology and the logistic solutions that your company offers. But really, we're going to talk a little bit about these effects of COVID-19, man. This has been one crazy roller coaster over the last couple months, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, and it's not over. It's just um, continuing um, to impact um, businesses um, to this day. And uh, the biggest um, thing that has impacted um, uh, facilities like you know, like meat facilities, packing houses, and and so forth is the is the whole concept of um, you know people calling in sick or um, are coming down with COVID and they're testing positive. So that, you know, the labor force is, is so totally impacted. And when you, you know, represent all aspects of, of supply chain, when it comes to, you know, like pickers and packers inside warehouses or, or truck drivers on the road, you know, um, if, if, if there's no, you know, technology in place. And there's a lot of, um, you know, um, produce companies in particular that don't have any technology in place to be able to um, flip the switch, if you will, on the fly, right? Um, when, when you are, it's uncertain as to, you know, what to do with your labor force, um, changing processes in the environment. And at Royal 4, we've been doing this for 30, 
30, this is our 36th year. And um, yeah, we, um, we definitely have learned a lot from our clients and, and have taken that those learnings about how processes work um, and, and translated into a, um, a really easy to use system that, um, that, that, that keeps um, our clients in, in total control of their inventory and, and with the ability to be able to change processes on the fly. I mean, I just think that this new world is going to need and, and businesses are gonna thrive those businesses that um, you know are obviously ahead of the curve and, and have the ability to be able to change quickly are really going to thrive for sure. I agree with you. So here's something funny. You're the third conversation I've had today that have talked about technology and bringing systems of technology into produce and agriculture. And it's going to be tough. I mean, there are a lot of great companies out there. There's real-time in-transit systems that you're talking about. There's blockchain technology to go back to the field. Um, there's temp recorders with real-time transit. There's all these different things. There's, uh, geez, I spoke with Tre Trellis AI, which is a company in San Francisco, but I spoke to their um, head of product in Tel Aviv, Israel last week. And that was all about data insights and talking about food waste because there's many things that technology can do that can do. Well, that was hard to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> that technology can do for us um, is helping with these insights, helping with data collection, helping with not having to walk out to a field or to a truck when you can send a drone or other things. So I do agree with you, and I think that it's coming. And I think that COVID is a part of that change. I was even just telling my wife the other day, have you been seeing like all these posts between Facebook and LinkedIn about all the change that's happened during COVID and it's unbelievable. It's, it's overwhelming, isn't it? Oh my goodness. And I'm sitting here going, we've been talking about this change for 10 years. It just, someone just finally kicked your butt to make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, unfortunately throughout history, human history needs to be kicked in the butt to get things done. And uh, we've had a, a pretty good ride up until now and we got really kicked in the butt, right? <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. And, and it's funny because people always say to me, they're like, you always seem like you're in a good mood and you're always doing good. I said, I am. I said, because I, that's the way I look at it. Right. And there are a lot of downfalls in 2020, but when, I, when there's negativity and those all around you as an entrepreneur every single day, you look at this as opportunity. You now look at it as a going, wait a minute, my passion can rise because there's so much opportunity that is here. Because listen, there are so much opportunity during COVID of new programs coming out, right? The Farmers, the Families Box program, regardless who got it. I mean, all these different ways of helping different people in need. Um, new companies are being started, right? There's new things happening. Technology is getting out there, right? I did a conversation with Hercules Drones that their business is going up because people aren't able to get to the field. So they're sending drones out to the fields for sampling. These things can hold up to 100 pounds, Lance. 100 yeah. pounds these drones can hold and sample for us. Yeah, it's, like, it's the year 2020, isn't it? And um, Wait, it is? Wait, what day? What no, I mean, we should be flying around in, in, in flying saucers right now. I think we're a little bit behind the, the timeline here, but um, but yeah, no, that's that's it's totally true. But um, really taking um, being able to change on the fly, like look what happened with the spillage of milk and all of the produce that had to be 
dumped that was earmarked for um, you know, for, for retail, like particularly the restaurants and, and, and hospitality. And many of these, um, you know, produce companies had no, no other means but to dump the product versus having some sort of technology in place to help them reroute it to shelters that, that desperately needed it during this time. So that's another, another huge um, benefit that, um, that, of course, um, a system like, like what we have here at Royal Four Systems can, can certainly help with. Right. Yeah, for sure. So think about, think about this though, as you're, as you're talking about real time in transit. And so I'm in produce today. I, I ship citrus. Yep. So, and I always say is how can we develop a better in time transit or global technology within citrus? And then I always say, how does that cost structure figure into us? Because a grower might not be a packer, a packer might not be a grower. Like you see what I'm saying? There's so many oh, yeah. in the supply chain. So how can one person, right? Me mm-hmm. be an impact if the other parts of the supply chain don't want to help. Exactly. And, and that's where, um, you know, the biggest problem is, is the, the sort of the dis- disjointed ecosystem of the supply chain and the disconnect from technology and, um, you know, let's talk about traceability too. I mean, let's get go beyond even um, COVID and when there's issues or, or you know, some sort of, um, you know, bad product somewhere along the supply chain, um, you know, for, again, companies are, are, are coming to us and, and stepping up because uh, to invest in, in technology like this because they, they need that kind of control. Um, it's just... Um, it's never going to go away. And, uh, and also the, the need to be able to change is never going to go away as well as we continue to get impacted, not just from COVID, whether our weather patterns change. Um, there's just so much need for, for um, better connectivity, for sure. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think that this change, right? Change is a yeah. good thing, though. And it is. It is. I, I embrace it. And um, I know it can be frustrating, um, along the way, but um, but honestly, you know, um, if, if 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 you're trying to do the right thing, um, it's never going to be easy, is it? No, of course not. You know, yeah. and I talk about this in my book, Millennial Boom, about change. And it was funny because you know, I think it was the year 2012, 2013. But I went and saw one of my favorite bands, and my buddy and I, we loved this band. It was kind of a rock band. Uh, we were still, um, I think, we were in our 20s, late 20s then. But we were still going to concerts, right? Like big heavy metal concerts. But we met the band and I was able to go talk to the band. And before, one of the band members had long hair, like looked like the rock star, right? Yeah. But when we got to him, like he had shaved, he cut his hair down, like looked all slick and business. And my buddy had said, what would you do? You know, you cut your iconic hair. And he said, change is a good thing, brother. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Since then, it stuck with me so much because it was like, wow, you're right. Change is a good thing. No matter how you look at it, you can be negative against it. But change is a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, and that's, one, that's the biggest benefit, um, you know, that, a, um, that obviously a, a client of ours, um, you know, gets, if you will, um, when they... Um, come on board with us is the ability to be able to make those changes. Like um, particularly we talked a little bit about earlier about changes in processes, things like 
you know, these, these warehouses are loaded now with disinfection, masks, you know, gloves, um, social distancing, um, all of that. Um, requires um, changes in processes, processes, and, and, and you know from a number of perspectives. And the other thing too, um, you know, when 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 they, when a business gets control over their environment, um, you know, the, the savings in labor alone um, can be extraordinary. Um, not only do they have the ability, and, and part of that is because of the ability to be able to change processes on the fly, but um, but most importantly, it's um, it's about in the area of the savings of labor. Um, if, if, for instance, if a company has, say, three and a half million in, in, in inventory that they're trying to gain control of over a five-year period, they could save in excess of $1.5 million. So basically, and this is these are statistics that we go by, backed up by Gartner. You've, have you heard of Gartner? They're, um, they're an information technology service management company worldwide that provides data to companies like ours so that we can, especially, and they're really good in the supply chain space, um, especially helping us to be able to quantify um, from a percentage basis the savings that, um, that, they can, that businesses can, can enjoy. In the, in, in, it's 10 to 40% over a five-year period. It's, it's so much money. What are they gonna do with that money when they become a more efficient, futuristic environment and um, you know, and it's, it's not going to break the bank. They just have to make a line item for it. That's all, you know. Isn't that crazy though? It is sometimes as simple as that as a line item. And, and you know, going back to like the cost, it's like, look at the cost of what it would take if you got into a lawsuit, right? Look at the cost of a absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I don't even factor that stuff in, you know. But but as a business owner, like I've thought about it sometimes, and. I've had strawberries fail on me. Uh, yeah. Lance, like I've had it, it and like, I'm mean, just like $3,500 worth of strawberries that went to a nightmare. Like, you know what I mean? Like if the temp tail, like they, they submitted a temp tail, uh, the temp tail came back like inconclusive, like it went up and then down and right. they were trying to figure out who to pin it on. And it was just like, uh, between time effort, I had to pay for strawberries that I had never paid for. I mean, I spent like $10,000 on, $2,000 worth of strawberries. Unbelievable. Seriously. I mean, and that's, that's just um, one small example, you know? Right? A very, very, very small example. I won't even get into some of the port closures in 2012. Jeez, you remember when Long Beach had all the port closures? I mean, that was so bad that, I mean, so much product got spoiled down there. I remember talking to customs, uh, you know, CBP, they were saying that there's so much bad product that some of the containers were just smelling down there. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why we've been around for like 36 years. This isn't a problem that has been, uh, it's not a new problem. And, um, you know, and the processes or the ways in which that um, every business goes about um, protecting their inventory, transporting their, their inventory the most efficient way, um, you know, those are the winners. And those are the ones that end up continuing on into the future. It's never going to end. We're going to have another pandemic. We could have another resurgence, you know, um, you know, I, I, again, climate change, you know, um, if you don't have control um, in the year 2020, um, using, you know, whatever technology is available, then you're in big trouble. You are. 100%. I have a buddy that I just did an interview with on one of my other podcasts, which is the Millennial Boom podcast. Um, Jeff Hudson Searle from the United Kingdom, 
And if you see on my LinkedIn page, he, um, he comments on a few of my posts as well. Um, but he talks about the fourth industrial revolution that's going to be coming, um, obviously, within a lot of different factors, technology, leadership, on how things are going to shape um, all the way through you know, to 2050. Like, like what is going to happen in the next 30 years? And a lot of people do not think about that. You know, it's funny is you get all the young guys, right? They always say this, the, you know, when uh, Hans says this to me, when he was a kid, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, he goes, I was a hippie. It was all about, you know, making change of the world. And, you know, and somehow it turned from, you know, um, to making a buck, right? We were trying to make a change to make a buck. And I see a lot of the new generations coming up that want to make a change but realizing that this change is not going to be until 2050. It's going to take a long time to slowly move, right? The Titanic, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a, <laughs> a really scary comparison because um, it didn't work out very well for the Titanic. It but, didn't. Um, but it isn't, <laughs> but isn't it a good comparison, though? Because I feel it like it's we're great. in the right direction, right? We're going towards the U.S., right? You know, we're going <laughs> in the right direction. And we're slowly, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly moving this ship. And hitting an iceberg is going to happen, right? Look, like we said, uh, you know, they, got, they were cocky, Patrick, right? They were like, this is the unsinkable ship, right? And how cocky have we been, literally, in the last few years to have to have to deal with these horrible scenarios? It's just um, history repeats itself. In fact, um, I'm glad you brought up the 60s. Um, this is almost like 1968, 1969 all over again. You know, from a way different perspective, right? Yeah, it is, and that, and that's what's crazy. And that's what I can appreciate about, uh, really, about all the generations, right? And people sometimes attack me, Lance, are like, "Man, you're this this kid that hates boomers." I said, "No, I appreciate everything that's happened, and I don't <laughs> want to repeat those things, though, too, because you're right. We we were, and I've seen it over the last right since. And I say this going through 9-11, going through the recession. I, we I went through a couple different things that kind of shaped how I do business, the way we do things. But it's so interesting is because, again, it's all about the leadership. It's all about where we're going. And I think within the produce and supply chain, which makes me uh, kind of worry about it. But then here's my next question, Lance. Do you think that our produce supply chain is COVID proof, is the unsinkable ship? Because that's kind of why I kind of said that scenario, because I feel like there is a lot of cockiness in that and that we do believe that there is. But if something major happened beyond this, do you believe that we are this pandemic epidemic proof business? No, we're not. And um, all you can do um, is is leverage, you know, whatever resources. You know, we mentioned before that the effects we've experienced. You know, um, you know, an another iceberg is going to come in our way at some point. And let me tell you, we talked about labor. If people are sick, they can't go to work. It disrupts the supply chain. There are just so many until we. Um, really automate warehouses and, and until we re remove humans out of our manufacturing process, um, which could very well happen in the next 20 to 30 years. Right now, as, as it exists right now, absolutely we are not COVID-19 proof, or um, I hate to, I, I, I dare to say, you know, there's this weak traceability out there too, right? 100%. I'm still, you know what's so funny though? Help me out on this one. And maybe you have an opinion, maybe you don't. This whole food safety thing has really got me concerned too, because if you look at all aspects of the supply chain, there's new direct to consumer models that are happening, all these different things. I always think we've got the food safety of 
the facilities down, right? Yeah. We have yeah, yeah. certain aspects of the trucking industry down, right? Where the, you know, the, you know, the bot, the reefers have to be cleaned, all these different things. Right. But I still believe there's aspects of the supply chain that people are still not taking liability on. A hundred percent still not taking liability on. We're in 2020. We're, we're moving to the next phase of business. COVID happens, right? We can say, oh, well, we bought it from this, um, this company that had a 90% pack rate, right? Or, you know, how yeah. they determine it, right? Yeah. But yeah. then it moved through eight different people before it got to that one person. So I, I, it just, it baffles me sometimes when we talk about food safety, because I believe that at the end of food safety, we're just looking to point the blame at one person. I'm glad you brought that up just because I forgot about directed alerts in a system um, that helps to automate humans, literally making it to the point where um, they're looking at their, their scanner gun and their scanner gun is telling them where they have to take the item um, in the warehouse and then telling them what they need to do once they reach that location. Um, in manual environments, they're wasting labor where people are walking around, um, you know, trying to find inventory or, or trying to place inventory in the right, um, um, you know, uh, position or location. And if you have a technology, um, obviously like ours, in real time, every employee gets an alert of what to do next and when. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 well, that's fantastic. That's what, that's what we need. It's like, if I'm going to receive another email or another text alert, I want it to be notifying me of my money situation. Like, like, is that right? right? Like think about it like this. When you get an alert that says bank of America, region, Suncrest, you're like, Oh, what's this? Wait, <laughs> hold on. Now. Oh wait, potential fraud. Like you, you look, you can, you'll like put your finger up and point at someone like, hold on. My bank's calling me. I got to check this out. Hold on. Exactly. But it's so funny that it's like, if the information is important, you have it. And that's what, that's what the real thing I'm trying to say is. And I talked about this with Trellis AI. I talked about this with Tide Inc. Is that you have a solution to a problem. Okay. Yep. Your, exactly. system and, your systems, solutions, and technology are solving problems within the supply chain that create money problems later down the road. And I said, and if we can accomplish these problems, right, by your guys' solutions and guys and gals, sorry, you know, yeah. all uh, solutions, then the supply chain, you can't look at that as a cost anymore. Just like you don't look at, you know, your certain pesticides or pickers, you look at it as a cost, but you know, that's an automatic fixed cost going forward, right? It's not yeah. a variable cost anymore. And I think this part of our industry, Lance, that you're in, the Trellis AI, the Mudo, Tide, you're all in, in a variable cost to these growers, packers, shippers, and ag because no one person is committing to it. Yep. And, you know, that brings up a good point, too, is like how, 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 can, how can, you know, businesses remain relevant in the future, you know? And, um, and the one thing that we do that sets, sets, sets us apart um, most is, the, is we use fourth-generation language. Um, and, and what that means, and that's the, what four, the four stands in, or in, in Royal Four. And what we enable outside of, you know, and, and this contributes to labor um, savings as well, is um, they don't, um, you know, like a warehouse manager doesn't have to contact our support department to make changes in processes. They can do it themselves because our system recognizes English. 
and Spanish and pretty much any ling language throughout the world that we support. And um, so basically they don't have to pick up the phone, call a coder to be able to change the process. Um, it just, be they become a nimble business for the future because they're able to change it when they want to and, and how they want to um, as, 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 it, as it's been demonstrated over the last um, several months with, with how do you change and react quickly, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's, it is interesting because as my consultant business has, has done okay during COVID as I've been seeing a lot of companies reaching out, looking to think a little bit more outside the box, looking Absolutely. to consult a little bit more on different avenues. Cause you know, Hans always services. tells me, Patrick, it's services, right? How many we've, we've, we've worked with 400 companies worldwide for the last 36 years. So we've learned so much taking our clients, you know, through the process of installing our system. So it, again, it's a services gig too. It's not just about the software. You need that support to be able to, to make it right for, for your own business, right? Yeah. And I, I told someone the other day, I said, it's not about selling produce anymore either. Nope. Anybody can sell a piece of citrus, asparagus through zucchini. Let's say anybody can sell it. Okay. But you got to go beyond that. And, and I had a customer tell me that one time. He goes, you know, you're the only guy that's followed up years later, even after I don't do business with you anymore. He goes, I've got guys that sell to me now that don't follow up with me. You know, and it, it does. It's got to go beyond just selling a piece of fruit or selling a piece of a veggie, a vegetable anymore. It's got to go beyond that. So it is. It's your services. And that's what I'm saying. Even with my consulting business, it's gone up a little bit because people are like, wait a minute. You've been, you've said this or you've done this. I want to try this now. Or as like Han says, you know, when you're an author, sometimes you're a visionary because, you know, you got to write it down in a book to get people to read your vision because no one wants to listen to you. Right. <laughs> you know, just exactly. Little funny joke. It's like, you got to write it down and publish it just so someone will listen to your idea. But a lot of times those ideas, they're not ready for those ideas yet. Right. They're, yeah. they're so there has to be that readiness. You're right. It's got to be the right time. For sure. Right. The yes. same song and dance or your, if it's, and I told this to someone earlier, I go, you know, you can't be in the, if it's broke, don't fix it mentality because I believe it's all broke. Right. I believe yes. that as the generation shifted and all these things happened, you know, everything's broke and now change is being impacted so harshly right now that we're yeah. seeing it and going, ah, right. So yeah. well, what about this? So, I'd like to give our listeners a little bit of opportunity because we want to show them that one, even though there are downtimes, there are still many opportunities and there is success through moving, you know, moving through COVID-19 and through the next couple months. So yeah. what kind of opportunities can you throw out there or even some advice that you could give some of our listeners um, as they're going through the next few months of COVID? Well, really, um, be informed, right? And um, really embrace social media from an information gathering perspective. Um, one of the things that um, we've done um, and, and are doing, if you will, this year is we're participating in the United Fresh Live virtual conference, which literally they're, they built as they, as they went. And so far, so good. Um, our virtual booth is set up for um, for us to be able to engage with thousands of people virtually for the first time ever. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to impact, um, you know, opportunities that, that, that we'll be um, discussing with people, um, obviously, you know, um, at the show. So that's June 15th to the 19th. And um, 
yeah, I'm hoping um, that that we're able to um, share some of some of the the, the, the um, ways in which they can engage us from a very very um, low level to a very very complex level, regardless of the size of of, of the business. I mean, we we we, we supply you know um, you know software and services to small small businesses to 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 large top 100 companies including Mitsubishi North America for instance and so you know one of the ways that I, I see the produce industry being able to initially take advantage of it is just by adopting our WMS system that's all and investing in the hardware and from the field um, you know to through their packing house and all the way to the the store they're 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 covered and and it's not as expensive as we've made it more affordable technology is getting more affordable we've got a SaaS model software as a service right subscription model um, that you know we could set up some some very very um, simple environments with um, you know no more than maybe a thousand dollars per month so you know can you imagine you know even a small business being able to adopt you know, a, a, you know, a very, very simple WMS environment and be able to automate their packing house from, from, from their field. So that's where it's exciting. And, and I can't wait to have conversations for, for those companies or, or as big as Sunkist. I mean, Christian Harris and I met in Tucson. He's the chief operating officer for Sunkist. Um, and he's in total agreement of getting control of the supply chain. And um, so, yeah, th these are the people that we're going to hopefully be engaging with at all levels and, um, and, and really helping to, to make a difference. That's, that's at the end of the day, why Royal Force is still in business for nearly 40 years is because at the end of the day, if we don't make a difference, you know, we, we wouldn't, we're, we're, not, we're not worth, it's just not worth us uh, continuing to do what we're doing, right? Yeah, great advice. I, I, I agree with you 100%. So if anybody wants to get a hold of you or Royal Force Systems, how do we get a hold of you? Yeah, so Royal Force Systems, I'm sorry, royal4.com, the number four, um, as well as, you know, my, my email address is simply lancef at royal4.com. Yeah, and I'd be happy to uh, take any questions, inquiries, or, or whatnot. Fantastic. Well, Lance, I appreciate you coming on the show today. I know our listeners are going to enjoy it. So we appreciate you being on and thank you for being here. This was great, Patrick. Thank you so much for creating this, this opportunity in, in front of um, obviously such an audience that's um, so needing um, to increase you know, their, their connectivity in terms of information. Great job. Appreciate it. What a great conversation with Lance Fisher of Royal Four Systems. So we got a lot coming up and on the agenda for the produce and supply chain industry. Are we going to be able to meet in person again after this COVID-19? Lance mentioned that he was going to be attending United Fresh on June 15, 2020 for their first live virtual session. Now, I attended the first live virtual session of the International Pineapple Organization that had their conference on Earth Day, April of 2020 that was hosted by Zoom Technologies and Second Life, where you could set up your own virtual booth, walk around with your own avatar, and really feel like you're having one-on-one -on -one connection with the person you were talking to. 
Now, I'm gonna tell you, nothing beats being in person and talking to your buyer, your colleague, heck, even your friend, because this is the produce and supply chain industry. So, coming up on the agenda, there's Southern Innovations on September 17th, 2020 in Savannah, Georgia, and then the PMA Fresh Summit in Dallas, Texas, October 15th through the 17th. So, are we all gonna start getting on flights? traveling across the country to go meet and elbow bump or foot bump or fist bump somebody i don't know we're gonna find out we're also gonna find out from a few members of the united fresh live session that are gonna come on the podcast afterwards and let us know how they like the session again we want to make sure that we are providing the right technology and opportunities for all of our guests so And if you'd like to support us, please visit our anchor.support page. See you in the fields and on the horizon.